everyone. I'm Susie Sevier. And I'm Michael Barnhart. Welcome to the Adventures of a Real Estate Investor podcast, where we interview industry experts and chat with them about their passions and how they're leveraging real estate investing to create an impact in their world. What impact do you want to make? Did you know there are almost 8 billion people on this planet? What if each of us started with ourselves, with our family, in our community? All we have to do is start with a manageable 1% action every day. The effect of those billions of 1% gestures would be astronomical. This is your place to reflect and believe. Join us every week to start cultivating those ideas on the impact that you wanna make in your world. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Adventures of a Real Estate Investor. I'm Susie. And I'm Michael, and we're glad you joined us for this adventure. So today we're coming live to you from the Groundbreaker Podcasting Stage at the best ever conference in Denver, Colorado. Woo! <laughs> My hometown. I love it. And today our special guest is Andrew Kunzman. <laughs> no, thanks so much for joining us today. So what's super awesome though is that before this conference, Andrew and Michael and I had a great opportunity, one, to snowboard together. That was great. But before that, we had been networking for so long that like when we did get to see each other in person, it just felt so natural and normal. And that's what I love. One, about Brian Briscoe's meetup because he's brought so many people together. It's just been amazing. So thank you for snowboarding with us. Thank you for being here. It's going to be great. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm really glad you guys could make it to Denver. It was great to spend time with you. And like you said, it just felt completely natural, like we've known each other forever. And it's just great to finally meet you guys face to face. Right? 2D friends into 3D friends. <laughs> and we've been meeting quite a few people in the flesh finally, which is really cool. Andrew, why we want to bring you on the podcast is because like you have a really cool house hack and it's a very unique take on like a house hack. And I think it's a really cool story. And I'd love you to share that with, you know, with our listeners. But before we get to that, could you share with our listeners a little bit more about your background, like why you started investing in real estate? Sure. Yeah. I've always been interested in real estate. I remember tracing roof lines and stuff from the new build my parents had when I was like in third grade and third. looking at floor plans <laughs> and figuring it out. When I was in the military, I'm like, oh, I'm going to buy a house at every duty station, all that stuff. So I've always been interested in it. But most recently was I started making good money and I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't getting squandered. I've always wanted to be a good steward of whatever God's given me. And I was like, how do I do this? And how do I do it? Well, I didn't really like the stock market. So I learned about multifamily syndication and being a passive investor, being accredited. I was able to do that right away. And it was just game on from there. I, I just was so excited to be a part of that space. So I have a question because I think it's super important. And specifically because you said you didn't like the stock market. Do you mind me asking why? Yeah, I actually do have some investments in the stock market. It's just I don't know how to be an expert at many things within the stock market or like tracking all the the different ins and outs of what's going on within that. And it just it felt like a game that I couldn't fully understand. So there's a few stocks that I'm like, OK, I totally get this and I'm all in on it. Um, but those to me didn't feel like a risk. The rest of the market felt like a big risk where real estate, it just made sense to me from a very early age. And so I got excited about it. And to be able to do bigger stuff, even though I was a small fish, it just was exciting to me. No, yeah, that makes sense. Because I feel like because a lot of people are in the stock market, they think that's comfort. And because 
other people are in it, they're like, well, if everyone's in it, then we all must get it or I must not be getting something. So I just like that you yeah. said that because like we really aren't experts in the stock market. I mean, there's a select few, yeah. right? But not all of us are. And that's another reason why I dislike. I mean, it's not like I dislike. It's just not like number yeah. one. So I get absolutely. It. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So moving on into real estate investments now, like can you, where did you begin with your real estate investing journey? Yeah. How did you move into this house act? Yeah. Yeah. So first I had, like I said, some funds from my W-2s. I've been in sales now for 11 years, roofing, multifamily and commercial roofing nationwide for about five years. And I was making good money, but I just didn't totally know what to do with it. So my first kind of iteration besides like my own house was a hard money deal with an investor to buy a mobile home park. And then I also uh, had small equity on a couple duplexes and quadplexes all in North Carolina. I enjoyed that, but I was like, this is high risk for the low return I was getting on a hard money deal. And so I was like, okay, what's next? And that's when I learned about syndication. I realized I was already accredited and didn't know anything about it, but learned quickly Mm -hmm. and got into two LPs that first year after I pulled out the money on those deals in North Carolina once, you know, that time had run out. And then, yeah, 2020, I found out the VA eligibility changed on uh, VA loans. And that's when I got into my second house with a VA loan or so. That's great. And what kind of change in the eligibility occurred? Yeah. In January, I guess it happened of 2020 and I didn't know about it. I talked to my mortgage guy in October. Originally, like, for example, my first house here in Colorado, the eligibility limit was $356,000. So I bought a house for 260 in 2013. It's now worth 625, 650, which is great, but I was limited out. And so I couldn't get another house on the VA loan. However, if I refinanced that and got my eligibility back, the rule that changed in January, what, you know, and I'm not a mortgage person, so talk with your person about this, <laughs> but from my understanding, it's based on your income. So there's no limit anywhere in the country So if you make a million dollars a year, you could probably go qualify based on your debt to income for a couple million dollar VA loan. And if you're a disabled vet, it's nothing down, no funding fee. So I have a relatively high uh, income. And so I was like, okay, immediately the day that guy told me, hey, this changed, I was like, refinance my other house. Let's get my eligibility back and I'm going to go find something new. Love it. So, yeah. That's awesome. And I know a lot about this house that you ended up buying. It's a really cool story. But would you share with your list, our listeners about, you know, what kind of place it is and what you're doing to house hack and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I have a friend who we've, I actually did the, the hard money deal with him in North Carolina, just really knowledgeable on finding deals. I asked him to put a search together for specific words like ADU, apartment, mother-in-law suite, whatever it was, because my wife specifically said, I will not do a house hack where someone is living in the same house. (laughs) I'm like, like, great news. I qualify for a lot more now and zero down. Uh, So I'll make that happen. So my friend put together the search. We definitely had to sift through some terrible listings, made an offer on a different house, didn't work out. But yeah, we just, we searched for that and kind of price point was 800,000 and above here in Colorado. And the, the offer that we made before didn't work out. Next day, this one came up and we were first offer. Still didn't think it was going to go through. But eventually, after like three different ups and downs, we ultimately closed on it on December 31st of last year. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you mentioned something about an ADU or mother-in-law suite. Does this property have that on it? Yes, it does. So 
This uh, this house is on 1.37 acres in Golden, Colorado, which is a really uh, nice part of town close to the mountains. Like I'm five minute walk from a beautiful hike up in the mountains. And yeah, it's got a tennis court, a 2000 square foot shop, a 1000 square foot apartment that I completely gutted. The layout was terrible. We converted it from a one one to a two one. And then it's a 3,500 square foot house that me and my family live in. We have three kids. Um, my youngest is five months old. So keep him busy there and uh, have an awesome wife that can help me uh, you know, run all that and was willing to live in this house while we were still doing some renovations. But yeah, it's, it's been an awesome experience and really lucky to have found it. I think the question that everybody wants to ask <laughs> before buying this house, did you play tennis? Uh, I technically played tennis in eighth grade. I made the tennis team as a joke um, and I was the last seed. I ultimately made it up to sixth seed. I didn't play at all until high school. I dated a girl that played tennis in college. I got my butt whooped by her once and I was like, that's kind of fun. Then I went in the military in 2008. I haven't played since then. And now I have a tennis court in my backyard. I play a lot more and I still have a lot of work to get better. I love it. You know what's like cool about this situation though is that like some people think, oh, I don't ever know what questions to ask. I don't know where to go from here. But really it was just like your mortgage broker had said, look at these changes, you know? So it's not like we all know everything in real estate investing. Every day we're learning something new. Every day something changes. So it's just when you start to become aware of how the changes benefit you and when you hear stories like yours, right? That's what makes you want to ask the questions. That's what makes you like go out of your comfort zone to be like, oh my gosh, can you explain this to me? Can you help me understand this? Because that's when your whole entire world opens up. Absolutely. I mean, I can't remember who originally told me, but they said, you know, your inner circle, you should have people that you trust that are going to help you grow and be a better person. And two of the people that I think anyone in real estate should have is a solid lender and a solid broker, right? So like my real estate agent was incredibly knowledgeable, gave me this amazing search that helped me find this very unique house. Like it is one of a kind, truly. And my lender, you know, he was the one that told me about the VA eligibility change. And he also was like, hey, your other house is near Lockheed Martin. Why don't you try and get a corporate rental with Lockheed Martin? That ultimately didn't work out, but I found corporate rentals through that. And I'm getting almost double market rent on that house, which then cash flows two grand which in the interim of uh, doing all this construction covered the costs I needed to pay for this more expensive mortgage on my house attic. So, I mean, incredibly powerful tools. And if people don't have those, go find them and make sure you trust them and you love them. And they're your first people that you're going to call. And you're also one of the first people that they're going to call because they know you want to act. Yeah. And they, they want to help because the more people that they help, you know, it's like what you put in is what you get back. And it's like a constant reminder, like, when you go and ask those questions, they're never silly questions. It's not like anyone's going to be like, oh, why did you know that? Because it's just an ever, never ending like knowledge base. And I, that's my favorite. It really is. Yeah. And so one thing you mentioned was corporate rentals. And I don't think our listeners really know. Like, a lot of people don't know about corporate rentals, right? You hear about short-term rentals. You hear about long-term rentals, right? You know, year-long leases. But there's also corporate rentals, which could be, you know, six to nine to 12 months, whatever. Yeah. Um, and it's typically fully furnished, right? Do you share the listeners a little bit more about like what makes a corporate rental, corporate rental and like yeah. why it's such a great vehicle for guests? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Again, you know, kind of one of those things that I didn't know, but I'm very much, oh, that makes sense in my head. I'm going to act on it. I was a little nervous when I first did it, but I didn't want to do the Airbnb thing. Like my neighborhood was so much like it's a neighborhood. 
And so like day in, day out turnaround just didn't seem right to me. But yeah, the corporate rental is kind of, I would say a mid, mid-range furnished rental. But on average, rule of thumb is I've been getting minimum 50% above market rent for a long-term rental. My average stay has been about six to seven months uh, for tenants. Uh, like for example, I just lost out on a year-long contract just because I couldn't get the house ready for this last tenant to get them in in time. But oftentimes you're talking traveling nurses or you know Lockheed Martin or corporate relocations. They're trying to build a house. The market's crazy as we know. And so they give them a $4,500 a month stay and to check out and find a new place. And so they'll stay at my house while they're finding whatever. Uh, and it's a nice high-end furnished place, has insurance and all the liabilities and coverages. So you have a lot of protection, no eviction risk. And typically you're going to have a high-end, you know, like a corporation paying for that rental. So you have low risk, less turnover, it's pretty simple and not quite as much as the Airbnb money, but a lot less stress in my mind. Now, when they sign a contract for a corporate rental, does the corporation typically pay for, let's say, six months up, up front or they do month to month? They can do different ones. My first tenant paid the first seven months up front. So oh, wow. uh, at that time, I was, I believe, 3900 a month rent. Now I'm $4,600. Um, but yeah, they paid me the $3,900 uh, for the seven months all up front. And I received nice. that day one when they went in. They ended up staying an additional two months. And those ones, they just paid month to month. So the contracts typically have an option to extend. My listings don't reopen up until they leave and give their 30-day notice. But yeah, I mean, it's it's been super simple. And yeah, you get a combination of both. They can pay up front. Like, I think I gave them a $100 discount to give me the cash up front. I was like, totally worth it. I'll right. confess that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. And so yeah, this house in Golden, it has this ADU in the back. And I, I believe you're now going to transfer that into a corporate rental as well, right? So you have that ADU, the income coming from that. Is there any other way you're earning uh, income on that property? Yeah. So yeah, that one's unique. So the ADU right now, we have a missionary couple from our church. So we're giving them a pretty good deal on that. They're moving to Indonesia this summer. So they're going to go spend time with family. And so come March, we're going to convert that to a corporate rental. Because of the part of town I'm in, I will actually get almost as much as my house. It's kind of like low end, just guys in the area of Golden that needed some space essentially for storage. And I end up renting that out for about 1500 So between the two, I'll actually cash flow a little bit and live rent-free in this 3,500 square foot house. I currently also have a girl that has two horses in the back. My property has a tag for horses, but I'm going to probably get rid of that since I'm making enough now and make a go-kart track for the kids in the back. You know what's like cool about that all is that who knows where those people would have gone if like your property wasn't available, right? You've impacted now three different people, three different ways, and that's significant. And it's, it makes a huge difference because you are human. You understand what it is. I know like a different, I don't want to say landlord. I don't know what word you want to use for you right now. You don't know who those people are. You don't know how they would have treated them, but the, it all is huge how you can be like, okay, from my one personal residence, this is how I can help a variety of other people besides just my family. That's significant and awesome because you're helping them. And it's like I said, like everything that you put in is everything that you get back. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's probably one of my favorite things about real estate is yes, someone else is paying my mortgage. That's an incredible thing. But I also have the opportunity to give back to these other people 
and make an impact on their lives and be different than any other landlord they've had. The other thing, like you guys have this great partnership where you guys get to do real estate together and you love doing that. My wife personally doesn't want to be a part of the like business side of it, but she loves the design work. She helped me make this house what it is and it's beautiful, but she also is such a great host. So like having some of our tenants over for dinner or coffee or whatever, or playing tennis in the backyard, any of those things, like she is just the most amazing host. So she gets to also be a part of that real estate in that sense and giving back to these people so that we still get to partner in our own unique way. Yeah, it's an experience now instead of a transaction. And when you create experiences for other people, like they also want to put that good into the world. It's like, it's amazing what, when you look at it from like a broader sense, when it doesn't have to do with money and you think about it just within the people sense, that's where it's a little, that's where the best part is, you know, because you're like, wow, these are all the things I can do, not just for myself, but like for the surrounding people Yes. In totally. my life. Yeah. I, I, you couldn't have said it better. I mean, I truly just feel so blessed that I have these things that I can pour back into other people and just allow my, my kids to see like how real estate can make a difference for other people. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, totally. So I know that you kind of gave like a little advice in the middle on like who people should have on their team, but for other just like members either in the military, not in the military anymore, who can utilize the VA, what would you say is like some advice for them? Yeah, I think another really powerful one, like I came out of the military and quickly got married. A lot of these guys are still single or may still be in. One of the biggest things that they can do that I had no idea. And like, at least when I got out, they didn't have all the, like the step up program and some of the other things they have that like teach you how to get into another career field. One, use those, but two, like go and combine your eligibility. So like if you have three guys or girls or a mix of the two that are all in the military and have that VA eligibility, they can go combine their eligibility and buy like a 12 players and all of them live in one and rent out 11. Can you imagine doing that as a young 20 something and just crushing it and stepping straight from instead of this big scale house hack that I'm doing, they can do multifamily like level house hacking right away. What a powerful tool. So again, talk to a mortgage person. That's not my specialty, but I, I just wish I had known about those things as I was getting out, as some of my other friends were getting out and they can just step up and because they serve their country, they can do so much more also and then give back in other ways like we are now. I love that. I love it. Yeah. So fortunately, Andrew, we're moving towards the end of the show, but it moves, we move now into the adventurous four. These are four exploratory questions we ask all of our guests. Uh, so the first question we have for you, Andrew, is what is, where's the one place you want to travel to and why? I'd really like to go to New Zealand. I lived in Papua New Guinea, so I saw a lot of the surrounding areas, but I wasn't able to make it new, to New Zealand. So I think for right now, that'd be it. If not, second would be Iceland. Why? Just because I think it's absolutely beautiful and I'm kind of in awe of Vikings. So I think that'd be I cool. I love it. I love it too. Cool. So the second question is, what is the number one thing on your bucket list and how are you leveraging real estate to achieve it? Man, number one thing on my bucket list. I, I would like to actually go back to Papua New Guinea with my dad. I, I lived there for a while and I'd like to go back there with my dad and my son and get to spend time with some of the people that my parents influenced and see just what an impact they made as an adult, because I know that we're planting seeds here now, but I can't see them yet, all the fruit that's going to come from that. And so I'd really like to go back and see that with my son and my dad and just see what they did in that community. I love that. That's awesome. 
The third question we have for you, Andrew, is what is one piece of advice you have for somebody who wants to start passively investing in real estate? Man, I have a guy here at the conference who's started to make money roofing. He's not accredited yet. I just said, go out, start learning and get into a deal, like whether it's uh, become a sophisticated investor or get in on a single family or like a hard money deal like I did. But take that first step. If you don't take that step, you're missing out. So just get started. Absolutely. No, that's great. And then the fourth and final question is, if you had unlimited resources available to you, how would you leave an impact? Man, (laughs) that's a tough one. So I've always been under the mindset of, I want to be a good steward. Right now, we currently give 20% of our income away. I would like to eventually get to 90% of my income away. So that's obviously a long-term goal and I'm not there yet. I have to make a lot more money to do that. But I just want to be able to give away so that I can change other people's lives and get rid of that stigma that you have to hold on to everything and you can give and still grow a legacy and like teach your kids how to do it. But so many people have these big retirement plans. They end up passing into their kids. It squandered the next generation. So I think giving is the first step of that. And so I'd say, honestly, it's mostly giving away. Well, I loved that. I really did. That was beautiful. (laughs) So Andrew, where could our listeners find out more about you and reach out to you? Probably the biggest way to find me is on LinkedIn, Andrew Kuntzman. I think it has something about investments and roof. (laughs) I don't have it memorized. But you can definitely find me there. And yeah, I'm there all the time. Uh, That's where most people connect with me or find one of these other great meetups and we'll be on there and we'll become real life friends at some point. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And if you reach out to Andrew on LinkedIn, just make sure when you connect with him that you heard him on the Adventures of Real Estate Investor podcast, you know, make sure to accept that connection. Absolutely. And thank you guys so much for having me. It was great uh, snowboarding with you guys at Breckenridge. Look forward to doing stuff more in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. Until next time, explore more adventure awaits. Thank you so much for listening. Before you start your next adventure of the day, please take a moment to reflect on the impact that you want to make. All of our efforts combined are what make the monumental impacts. We can't do it without you. Also, if you enjoyed the episode, please head over to iTunes and leave us an honest review with one of the great insights you received from the show today. And if you believe a friend, family member or colleague would find great value in listening, please share our podcast with them. As always, your support means the world to us. Until next time, explore more. Adventure awaits. Woo!